that song gets me no matter where I am, no matter if I'm by myself or with somebody else. Ah, <laughs> thank you. That's a powerful song, isn't it? It's a really powerful song. Powerful song for making us recognize how deeply we love the people around us. It's also a really powerful personal song. Really takes you to your own heart. This is the month of health. That's our topic of study for the month of June. And we just came off of a really fun, light, um, interesting month of music to move into this. And it's really a very natural progression because as we talked about last month, music has a way of surpassing the mind and moving straight into the most uh, awakened healing centers of the body. It has a way of moving things around for us as, as this song shows. Sometimes music just goes right to our heart. And there are many things that have that subtle effect. In fact, when we talk about healing, there are four subtle bodies to pay attention to. Our spiritual body, our physical body, our mental body, and our emotional body. And so we're going to talk a little bit about those this month. But you couldn't do a month of healing without really understanding that healing is where unity comes from. You couldn't really do it without talking about Myrtle, could you? Because Myrtle really is the, she, she's the one that started this whole thing. And it's interesting to get to know her. Because Myrtle was this very unique woman in, 18, in the 1880s, in the 1870s. Myrtle was college educated, first of all, which was unusual at that time for women. And she was a proper woman. And she was brave and courageous she also came out of a family that taught her that she was sick because they'd all been sick. And so she was very frail. She was a very slight woman and very frail. And um, as she got into her 20s, she was diagnosed with tuberculosis. And uh, in the early 1880s, she was at one point told that she had less than six months to live. And at that time, she went to hear a speaker. The speaker's name was E.B. Weeks. And she went to hear the speaker, and the speaker was talking about health. And she said, you are a child of God. You did not inherit illness. Which was a brand new thought for Myrtle. Because Myrtle had been taught that she did indeed inherit illness. She had grown up with it. And not only had it been told to her, but she had seen it. It was her heritage to be ill. And this was a brand new idea. And in one moment, one willing moment, her entire life changed. And I use the word willing with great emphasis because to heal requires our willingness to change. Our willingness to do something different like that. And stay with it. I have an, uh, an 11-year-old who has changed his name for me for as long as I can remember. I was Mama first, and then for a while I was Meow Me. And then I was Maja. And when he started middle school last year, he decided that doesn't, didn't work. Now I needed to be Mother. And he came and told me, I can't call you Maja anymore. It's not right when you're in middle school I'm going to call you mother from now on. Do you know he has never 
called me anything else from that moment. Right. I am amazed because he called me Maja for like six years. It was a long time. And in one moment, he changed his mind. And I think he could change his mind to heal his body. What can we do to take personal responsibility for our well-being? We can take seriously the concept of changing our mind. If an 11-year-old boy can change his mind like that, certainly we can. (laughs) It has nothing to do with his mother being a minister. He will grow up and perhaps be that. That's right. Oh, boy, he would not want to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) One moment. When we talk about health, we tend to think about symptoms. What is wrong? We tend to think about what isn't working the way we want it to, where we have discomfort. But when we talk about health this month, we're talking about something much more than physical discomfort. We're talking this month about all of those subtle bodies, about how we think. What Myrtle did was she changed what she thought. And in that moment, the actions that needed to change began to domino. Because Myrtle did a lot more than just changed her mind that one day. She used that statement. She made it a mantra. I am a child of God. I did not inherit sickness. And she began to walk in gratitude for her body. She repeated that mantra and began to recognize and learn about what her body did and how it worked. And she began to talk to her organs, to thank them, to thank her lungs for breathing, to thank her her circulatory system for moving the blood, to thank her heart for pumping, to thank the 70 trillion cells in her body for doing all of the different things that they needed to do. She began to be joyful in her gratitude. The more grateful she was, the more uplifted she was. The more she saw other things around her to be grateful for. And as the gratitude worked in her body, as her organs began to respond, she began to heal. Just before 40 years old, she was told she would die in six months. She lived till 1931 and made her transition at 87 years of age. She stopped coughing and started breathing fully. And Charles, who, you know, Charles was a prolific writer. We have many, many different things we can read that were Charles's work. Charles was a prolific writer and a wonderful student. He was a student of Myrtle. Because when she first started this, he wasn't quite so sure about it. But he watched her change. He watched her gain her health. And how do you deny that? And he began to practice the same principles that she was practicing. And it changed his life too. And she began to share her story. And pretty soon people from all over the world were writing to her. Do you know she wrote 500 letters a year? Now, if you think about that, 
365 days, that's only a little more than a, you know, an average of one letter a day. But they were three and four page long letters. When she took your prayer to her heart, she really took it into her heart. And she sat with it. And she talked and wrote about channeling back. That's the word that she used about channeling back divine guidance. And she wrote carefully and thoughtfully to each person who offered their prayer. And interestingly, the prayer work that Myrtle started is now called Silent Unity. And Silent Unity has functioned for over 100 years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, praying for people. Now we answer phones and take email and Lots of exciting things happen. But for over 100 years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every moment of the day and night, someone has been praying in this movement because of what Myrtle did when she changed her mind. Because of one decision to do something different. The willingness to open her mind And let something shift. And that is the key to healing. And we're going to talk about lots of ways to do it this month. We're going to talk about your emotional body. We're going to talk about your spiritual body. We're going to talk about your physical body. And next week, we're going to talk about the body of this community. We're going to talk about who we are as a community of healing. What we do together to provide support to keep each other in balance. All of that comes from one woman's single decision. So I ask you this morning, are you willing to change? Are you willing to allow yourself to have one divine enlightened moment occur? Have I bored you? (laughs) Okay. Fantastic. Here's what that takes. You have to find time for yourself. Oh, everybody goes, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. (laughs) Time for myself, no issue. Let me tell you why we don't spend time with ourselves, because we're not sure we like ourselves. If we don't like something about ourselves, we will keep ourselves very busy on the outside. We will keep ourselves doing things so that we don't have to be alone with ourselves. Because if we're alone with ourselves, what we're uncomfortable with seems to to bubble its way up to the surface. Do you know what makes us sick? Keeping what we don't like about ourselves in judgment locked in our bodies. Rather than learning to love who we are rather than recognizing that we are divine children, that there is nothing about us that isn't in its perfect state. It may be in its perfect state to teach us something. So when I ask you, are you willing to have a divine moment? Are you willing to spend some time with yourself? I'm really asking you a very big question. I'm asking you in this month, that we, we give a whole month to talking about healing, if you will take it seriously. If you will really allow yourself 
to look inside at where you judge yourself harshly. If you will let those things bubble to the surface so that you can love, learn to love yourself through them, so that you can heal those things and, and allow your body to transform, allow your mind to transform, allow your heart to open, allow yourself to really breathe the breath that is God. Because we don't, because we don't think we're worthy. All of that that we come to love gives us our worthiness back. And when we get our worth back, we breathe God. And we breathe the God that we are back out into the world. And things shift like that. And the domino effect is powerful, isn't it? So it's really tempting to spend a lot of time out there. And I want it as bad as you do. I'm going out to plant a garden this afternoon. And, and I can't wait to get my hands in the earth. In the meantime, these Sunday mornings, something really important is going to happen between now and the end of June. So I'm asking you to please join me, to please be here, to please take this opportunity to really do this powerful work but it, because it will change who we are. It will allow us to have the same presence and force in the world that Myrtle has had, that so many people like Myrtle have had by their willingness, by their dedication. So I hope I'll be seeing you. And if you won't, we'll do our, if for some reason you have to be gone, like I know Brenda and John are going to be in Alaska, <sighs> sending us lots of wonderful pictures. We will put the, the recordings online and share with you in the best way that we can. And um, I'd like you to stay plugged in to really use this month of healing to come to a new place. I have some quotes for you on this topic. This is by Mark Twain. Be careful about reading health books. You may die of a misprint. Deepak Chopra said, if we are creating ourselves all the time, then it's never too late to begin creating the bodies we want instead of the ones we mistakenly assume we're stuck with. Dave Barry said, never, under any circumstances, take a sleeping pill and a laxative on the same night. Wellness is first and foremost a choice to assume responsibility for the quality of your life. It begins with a conscious decision to shape a healthy lifestyle. Wellness is a mindset, a predisposition to adopt a series of key principles in varied life areas that lead to higher levels of well-being and life satisfaction. A consequence of this focus is that a wellness mindset will protect you against temptations to blame someone else make excuses, shirk accountability, whine or wet your pants in the face of diversity. I threw that in to help you remember the explanation. <laughs> By Don Ardell, Ph.D., Living Well Center, University of Buffalo. And finally, Myrtle Fillmore said this. Sometimes we pray to a God outside of ourselves. It is the God in the midst of us that frees and heals. <laughs>